if you know somebody who has a difference, I, I do use dis- disability interchangeably, but my word is difference. Be kind. Hello and welcome to the Make an Impact podcast with Heidi Fisher and today's guest, Remy Ray, a neurodivergent high-performance coach and the founder of the Diverse Creative CIC. And in this fascinating episode, Remy describes who she works with, why she does what she does, how she developed her social enterprise and the other work that she does, shortfalls in EDI programs and what actually needs to catch up, plus funders, funding and funders, their requirements and some initiatives and ideas that they could do to actually do better. It's a fascinating, in-depth conversation. It covers neurodiversity, disability, difference, dyslexia and more. Let's hear from Remy and Heidi now. Hi, Remy. Thank you for joining me today on the podcast. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and what you're up to these days? Thank you for having me. I am Remy Ray. I am a performance, so a high performance coach. I serve women who identify as being neurodiverse. And I also have a community interest company called the Diverse Creative CIC, where we support predominantly now uh, our main focus is on disabled entrepreneurs, but we have done screening services, assessment services around dyslexia, um, and we've offered different programs, employment programs and things of that nature, mainly community led. What made you want to get into this sector and do this kind of work? (laughs) I ask myself the same thing all the time. I was just speaking to one of my team members about this, actually. And it was passion-led to begin with. Um, I was diagnosed with dyslexia at 19. I struggled immensely in um, any education facility, institute, if you want. Literally struggled my way through. And I shied away from shouting about dyslexia until I was 28 years old and I'm 35 now. And I realized that a lot of the gaps in all the other things that I had tried was the fact that I wasn't being honest about who I was. And so I had no choice but to begin the journey of uncovering who Remy was with the disabled or the dyslexia or the difference in, you know, in in, in collaboration with that. And so I feel I felt called originally to do this work. I feel differently now, but when I when the journey began, I felt called. Okay, that sounds quite powerful um, in terms of a start. So what's happened in in that journey, if you don't mind sharing, that's made you feel different? (laughs) The red tape of operating within these spaces is quite tough. As you may know, funding doesn't go to uh, black-led, black and brown organisations in the same capacity as it does our peers. The work itself is heavy. Working with others who have differences all day, all night, is taxing to the soul, to the heart, to the mind. And it's tough work because you're dealing with people's lives. You're dealing with people's struggles and challenges before they're diagnosed. And then how do you support them once they are diagnosed to, you know, become confident, shift their mindsets around their, you know, their value and and move them through life in a different way. So it's just taxing whichever way you try to flip the coin. It can be beautiful as well. There were, we've had some great cases where we've discovered families have things like dyslexia and now they're able to move forward because they've been empowered. But a lot of the work is heavy. And then you have the red tape of being a social enterprise, the accounts, the you know, the admin um, elements and then managing a team as well. So it can be heavy. It sounds like um, 
you almost want the freedom to just get on with it (laughs) yeah you know what I think that's a part of it as well you kind of miss that you know when you start a business it's all like oh my god I cannot wait to get out of the gate with this idea and then the idea starts to become the thing that you dreamed of and then there's a lot of work to do and when there's a lot of work to do you get tired in the process sometimes I still like what I do I still like serving the people I still like the community aspect to it but like all businesses there's parts of it that you just don't love if we speak about coaching now I love all aspects of that supporting women to mobilize themselves to increase their income you know perform to their best ability and stuff like that it's a lot more lighter but the community aspect can be heavier yeah definitely definitely agree with that then mm-hmm. things that I do not love doing in my business um, yeah. and I know I'm like who can I give this to as quickly <laughs> yeah. as possible <laughs> literally a it list is. of things I was like all right I really don't enjoy doing any of these yeah. things as soon as I've got the money to I'm giving this to somebody yeah. else delegate 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 yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Has that have you found that though in terms of this was your your baby and that it was your idea giving stuff to other people to do what what's that like is that is that like you say empowering or is it scary as hell <laughs> it can be I think it depends on the trust if so I I don't care what anybody says you feel how you feel about people regardless of whether they're on your team whether they're family members whether they're friends there's certain things you will absolutely trust them with and some people you're like I wouldn't even mention it to you because there is no point so I think it's a lot to do with trust there's people in my team that I trust I know they will get the thing done um and then there's people in my team that I'll be like hmm we should have another conversation about that so I think it varies I think it varies okay um so um what are you working on at the moment what stuff's happening at the moment you know you know so I we've know got... but I, the <laughs> listeners don't know, listeners so. Don't know. so two things right so the diverse creative thankfully received a decent amount of funding which allowed us to continue our work to support disabled entrepreneurs to highlight their work to support them so that they can begin to live life on their own terms if you want and not only have employment as the only way that they sustain themselves and their livelihoods which is really important work because it definitely isn't spoken about enough there are very few conversations around how disabled people contribute to the economy as a whole and there are a lot of people in 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 jobs right that actually probably should be running their own businesses or something of that nature but never you know they 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 can't see or haven't seen the representation of how that could possibly be possible for them as somebody with a difference and so we know that the work that we're doing now is important and what we've done is we ran two pilots last year to see if there was appetite for the work there is appetite for the work and so we went back to our funder and said we believe that we need to do more work in this area will you support us with this vision they said yes so we awarded three years of funding to be able to continue to nurture this space and what that looks like is a hybrid offering for disabled entrepreneurs. So we are offering a boot camp service, which is like quick, intense, um, five-hour workshop, which kind of covers very, you know, early entry discussions around business because not everybody knows if that's what they want to do yet. Then we have a 12-week program 
um, which runs for 12 weeks. And we go much deeper, deeper dive into business, covering things like finance, which, you know, um, marketing, uh, how to acquire your first customers, um, all the aspects of business, branding and all of those bits and bobs. Then we have a growth program, which we didn't have before, because from our learnings of the pilot program, we discovered that everybody was at really different stages. And so we needed to have something soft touch, something a bit more in depth and something that actually speaks to scaling and sustaining businesses in a different way. So our growth program will run in November this year. And we've got some really, really cool um Leaders within the black community, uh, uh, people who are VCs, angel investors um, that are coming in to speak that life <laughs> over that particular area um, of our program delivery. Um, and this is the first time we've done that. So it will be different. But yeah, as a nutshell, in a nutshell, the Not Your Average Entrepreneur program is our flagship service that the Diverse Creative offers. Another thing that we'll be hopefully launching this year is our first conference. So we will be we'll be highlighting disabled entrepreneurs and we are just in the process of figuring out what that looks like when it will be delivered who we kind of want to participate with who would potentially be interested in sponsoring us um and that's a lot of work in itself oh and then God. separately <laughs> yeah 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 and then separately I've just launched my own community a mastermind for women who run service-based businesses called The Shift because there seems to be a gap again around women having bigger discussions around increasing their finances when it comes to businesses and having more conversations of six to seven figures and how we can actually scale our businesses in a sustainable way. The data is out there. It proves that women are doing some of the best work and still yet not getting the, you know, support, community and guidance. Um, in, in And not in such like a regimented way either, more in like a let's come together as a community Let's figure out what everybody is doing. Let's support one another along the journey for a certain period of time. So, yes, busy. Oh, my God. How are you fitting all this in? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I have no it, idea. I think like, it's I passion, think, isn't it? It's like, probably yeah. like yourself, it's passion. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, it's like, wow. You, you're like um, superhuman in, in the... I, I remember the first conversation we had yeah. was um, your daughter was a few days yeah. old and yeah. you, were, oh, yes. you were already back. back. <laughs> you were like, I've yeah. got to get this program up and running, yeah. this pilot program. Yeah, 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 and yeah. I was like, oh my God, this this, mm. this woman is is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and my childcare, yeah, yeah, exactly. My childcare <laughs> didn't come through that day. So I was like, I hope she doesn't cry. I hope she doesn't cry. That was my only thought in the meeting. Like, I hope Heidi says yes and I hope she doesn't cry. And she didn't and you said yes. So yeah. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> well, I, I I have to say I I do remember when my daughter was first born, and I I thought she was going to be like her brother, who yeah. literally was just like crying and feeding Ooh. the whole time. <laughs> she was like one of those babies that actually slept during the day, and I was like, mm. I don't know what to do. And I, she was about six <laughs> days old, and I thought, right, I'm going to go on and do a live and do some work, mm. and so I did that. Mm. Of course, she woke up part way. Oh, <laughs> that's my disclaimer when I jump on a life if my child cries I have to go that is how I start my life <laughs> yeah which is fair enough and I th and I, I think one of the things that I've seen through the last two or three years is that people are more accepting of those kind yeah. of things um so that there's some good come out of, of everything that's happened yeah, absolutely <laughs> absolutely and the, and the truth of the matter is 
no business happens if my daughter's not okay or your family's not all right. So I think you have to just take every, you, you have to take the whole entire package if you're choosing to take Remy, I think, at this stage in my life anyway. Yeah, well, it's, you should anyway. Why, why would you want half? Why would you want half as Remy? <laughs> we, people want all of you. <laughs> yeah. If so, until, yeah. until it happens and I arrive and they're like, oh God, not you again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that anyone thinks that at all. Um, is, is, am I right in thinking that you've also been doing some, putting out some research and facts and figures around yeah. um, difference and disability? And, yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. So I'll... So, uh, with the community company the diverse creative I work in programs so whatever that program was so we did we did some research for um Lambeth uh for their black residents who identified as being neurodiverse within the workplace and that was called the homecoming project report and we basically uncovered some of the stories of the experiences that they were having in regards to work you know so they were speaking about the worry of always be feeling like they're on the brink of being fired, the connection to poverty, um, promotions or lack thereof. Um, so it was quite deep and quite heavy. And I think it, it's, it's a part of the legacy, definitely, of the organisation as well, because that will live on forever. You know, we had people downloading it from the states, government bodies and things as well, universities reading the work. So, yeah, very proud of the Homecoming Project. Why do you think that there's not, or there's the use of data and information is isn't done effectively in this area? Mm, I think it's time, and I, I think also again the pandemic, right? I think it highlighted that there were so many things under the cover. Mental health is literally through the Richter scale, right? And that then connects to disability connects to oh actually I am ADHD and you see there's a a massive rise of women um, being diagnosed with ADHD and things like that I think a lot of this was just suppressed and I don't think because nobody was speaking about it enough or loud enough or the way that people wanted to receive it it was just something that was deemed as another thing and now we can't shy away from it because mental health is running rampant. You know, people are struggling, sitting at their computers all day and they don't want to anymore. And they're not, you know, nobody's deciding to put themselves last anymore. And I think this is the shift that's happened. Um, that's allowed us to be like, oh, this doesn't feel right. Let me go and check out what this could be. Um, yeah, I think massive shifts. I think the visibility wasn't there, but it is slowly becoming much more visible now. And what do you what do you hope things will look like in five years time? Yeah, yeah. So our attention is focused now on um, disabled entrepreneurs, and I want us to not feel like another. Oh, just add them in a sprinkle of this, a sprinkle of that. I think we need our own spaces, definitely, because we have different needs and we operate in different ways. I think that is factual. But in the same breath, I don't want us to be excluded from anything else that's going on. Um, And we really shouldn't be because we operate, many of us, in the same ways. Some of us operate in different ways, but it doesn't mean that we can't contribute and be valued citizens, you know. Um, I want us to, and I don't think this is only about disability when I speak about this, I think it's about being human. I think we need to decide how, 
we need to make a decision that we treat people better, period. And I would love to see more of that across the board, corporate, even in the third sector, like I'm operating in the space as a disabled director and they haven't got the resources or accessibility support for me to be able to be even able to apply for funding. So it's layers and I know it takes time, but in the same breath, a lot of this comes down to how you want to feel and, and how you how you how how you want to feel but how others you know that you operate with should feel too mm. I, I've obviously diversity and inclusion has mm. has become quite a buzzword over yeah. the last few years do you think that um is detrimental to what you're trying to do or do you think that actually it's it helps with raising awareness funny enough I think when uh, diversity and inclusion first peaked its head over the last couple of years, I wouldn't say first, but like the visibility increased. Um, disability wasn't considered. It was more about race. It was more about gender, LGBTQ and all of the other things, but never really about disability. And I think that's still the case. I think there aren't enough people who are qualified enough to speak about disability. And so it's a lot more quieter than some of the other spaces. I do think it's changing, but it has been a lot slower to the mark than ED and I but yeah I, I think it hasn't harmed it but I still think there's a lot of work to do in the space by the sounds of it it's like you know if you're gonna do this don't yeah. forget don't forget. yeah 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 <laughs> yeah and now I think they're circling back so I will say that I think a lot of organizations because dyslexia became such a buzzword ADHD's gone you know through the roof I think they circled back and so now you have like a subset which is neurodiversity which is deemed as the cooler part of disability but it's all the same to be honest if you're disabled you're just disabled in my eyes anyway it sounds like there's still lots of work to be done lots of work to do yeah yeah. um so you you talked about your your coaching with women um Mm. do you want to tell us a little bit more about what what that what well don't don't tell me what goes on in a session but the kinds of the kinds of things that you you talk about and what what your coaching is all about yeah so it's a bit multifaceted to be honest because one I didn't realize I was a coach I people had always seeked advice from me because I always jumped out foot first and done things um but I didn't realize I was a coach and then in 2020 I started looking at the ways that I engaged with others in the way that they seeked information from me and I wanted to streamline it and I spoke to my mentor and she was like, well, you are a coach. And I'm like, I am. She's like, yeah, you're a coach. So I was like, OK, let me look at what this looks like and how it kind of works. So I kind of fell into coaching. I wouldn't say it was like I woke up la, 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 and here I am. It was more of a this is what you're already doing. You just need to do it in a more structured way. So, um, uh, you know, social media played a major part in that. I always spoke about how I felt and just things that were going on and I spoke about being dyslexic and running my business and things like that and people just naturally gravitated to that and most of them were neurodiverse so I didn't start off only wanting to offer services to people who are neurodiverse but it just happened that way and so we continued so my one-to-one coaching is predominantly for those who um, identify as being neurodiverse it just so happens more women came. I have worked with men, but I don't target men. That's not who like my target audience is. And I work with them based on where they're at because it makes no sense 
trying to force somebody into a box who's already been tried to, you know, they've already been forced into a box and it hasn't worked for them. So we work quite fluidly um, based on their needs. So they've come, the business needs some support with cultivating the ideas or they need more strategic advice. Then we go through what that could look like. We also work on like how they operate as a person because people who are neurodiverse, they may have multiple diagnoses or one. So it really just is a mixed bag. Um, we work on how they are productive or the way that they like to work. So if they like to work in blocks or if they like to work in um, sprints, if they like, so it just varies. It really does vary to be honest with you. And um, yeah, my clients have been mixed bags. I've worked with women who are accountants. I've worked with just employees. I've worked with business owners. Um, I think the main thing was that I am neurodiverse, so they, the comfortable relatableness was there. And then the fact that I have business acumen kind of married up with them. And most of them, whether they're employees or not, actually are always looking to start a side hustle because operating as a neurodiverse person in an organisation is usually tougher on them. And so they're always looking for ways that they can generate more income and possibly get more flexible running their own businesses. Mm. Wow. So if you were or had to share one piece of advice based on your experience of running the Diverse Creative, what would that bit of advice be? (sighs) You know what? I think this space lacks innovation and I'd probably say that and I'll probably get bashed for it, but I don't think that we're using technology enough to support us and the organisations that we operate with or in. So funders, they're not using technology very well to support the back and forth. And then for us, as smaller organisations, we don't have the resource to be able to use tech or to cultivate tech in a way that could support us as a business. So I think there needs to be some work there. I think that for me would be the biggest thing figure out how you can utilize tech to benefit you as an organization so it stops taxing you and then go for pots of funding that allow you to be more fluid. Most of the pots of funding that we receive is very rigid because it's restricted. Um, And it's another conversation I consistently have with funders as well. Like how do you expect innovation to take place here when you consistently only give us funding for the same things over and over again? So yeah, a few bits there. Yeah, definitely agree with both of those in terms of the tech and the the funding. There's definitely Mm. a need for that money where it's just like, here, have a hundred thousand and do what what you want with it, test some things, play around Mm. and and just get on with it. It, It's almost almost like you're not not trusted to spend money. (laughs) They're actually, I went to a talk um, maybe a year ago now and they were speaking about the policing of funding and how it seems very policed and it doesn't allow room for rapid growth because it is so policed and then that comes onto diversity and inclusion and you know all of the things so I, I, I think they know there's a problem but how to begin I think is probably what they're struggling with. Mm, definitely is there anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners? If you know somebody who has a difference, I, I do use dis- disability interchangeably, but my word is difference. Be kind. Be kind. Because they're already dealing with enough. They've already checked their work 1,000 times before they've even presented it. And they do operate in a different way, even if they're not ready to admit it. So they do need grace. So be kind. That's the 
perfect end be kind <laughs> so final thing Remy how can people get in touch with you how can they find yeah. out about your programs and yeah and yeah yeah you're up to? so right so with the uh disabled entrepreneur programs that we're running with the diverse creative we have a site not your average entrepreneur and that will take you through to you know if you want to join us on any of our programs it's all free um and I think definitely definitely worth participating in because we have phenomenal delivery experts as Heidi knows <laughs> and um connecting with me overall on social Remy Ray is my real name <laughs> and so yeah just LinkedIn or on Instagram I'm Remy Ray so reach out lovely I'm sure lots of people will be getting in touch with you because um <laughs> Remy, Remy is is fantastic um her programs are brilliant and like she said she does have some pretty pretty great um people running her <laughs> sessions um I think she's trying to suck up to me because I'm doing the, the one I'm funding in finance yeah you are <laughs> and you know what such a great like I listen in to all the the sessions as well and like you just know your stuff Heidi like I don't know I'm not your hype man but I I can be paid to be if you want but honestly <laughs> I I so enjoy listening to your sessions because you know so much about funding. Like you know so much about funding. And I think, one, there's not a lot of women operating in the space that know too much about funding, but also that are willing to lend their time to organisations like mine to make sure that we're bridging the gap with information. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much of the view that anything that's in my head that I can share, I mm. I will share with people because you know what's the point in leaving it in in here when actually it can help other people. But yeah, I mean you're the one that came up with the idea for the program, so we I need to thank you for for wanting <laughs> to do it in the first place. And no, now we've done the, the 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 self appreciation and the appreciation <laughs> of one another for 20, 20 minutes. Um, let's let's end there. It's been yep. brilliant having you on today, Remy. Thank, thank you, so, you much. so much for joining me. No worries. You've been listening to the Make an Impact podcast with me, Heidi Fisher. Social entrepreneurs, the world needs you. It's never been more important that you succeed. But where can you get easy to understand information and guidance, know-how and support for every part of your social enterprise journey? The Make an Impact membership is for social entrepreneurs starting, growing or scaling their social enterprise and it will help you with funding, strategy, impact, marketing, product and service development, pricing, policies, goal setting financial management plus support from experienced social entrepreneurs experiencing the same issues as you find details at makeanimpactcic.co.uk or in the podcast show notes thank you for listening